The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello boils and girls, my name is Connor, and today we are starting a very, very special uh, review series. We are reviewing my favorite horror TV show of all time, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt was an anthology TV series that ran on the cable network HBO from 1989 to 1996. The show was based off the popular EC comics of the same name from the 1950s. Stories for the show were taken from that comic or any of the other four EC horror comics during that time. Haunt of Fear, Vault of Horror, Crime Suspension Stories, and Shock Suspend Stories. Because the show aired on HBO, that gave it unlimited freedom in terms of gore, nudity, and profanity. Episodes had to be considerably edited when airing on syndicated networks. Now, the first episode I'm going to talk about is one called The Man Who Was Death, but let's have a familiar voice introduce you to that story. Poor little fellas. When I think of their childhood, all those cute little maggots. <laughs> Our story is about a man with nobler ambitions. He likes to kill human pests, and he does it in front of an audience. Now that's entertainment. <laughs> So hang on to your hats, kitties. This one's a real shocker. The very first episode is titled The Man Who Was Death. It was released on June 10th, 1989, alongside the second episode of the series and all through the house. The plot revolves around a man who worked as an electrician in a workshop of a penitentiary by the name of Niles Tabbitt, played by William Sadler. He has been promoted to executioner operating the electric chair, and he approaches his job 
when the death penalty is abolished in his state. Niles loses his job, but he decides to become a vigilante, punishing the criminals released by the justice system, until the day that the death penalty is implemented again by the state. The episode starts with a close-up of Charles Ledbetter, a prisoner about to be executed. Niles Tablot explains that a few years back, Ledbetter was thinking about the, the pay raise he was refused while drinking vodka at lunch since he, since he worked at his job for over seven years and didn't have much to show for it. And if it a drunken rage, Ledbetter took a 45 caliber from the glove department of his car and used it to kill his boss, Joe Saylor, and the secretary in the process. It is now the night of his execution, and Ledbetter is being brought to the electric chair. He is screaming, wait a minute, just wait a minute. He's going to call. The governor's going to call. He's going to get me to stay. Yes, he will. The governor's going to call. He's got to. He's got to. At the order of the warren, Niles threw the switch, and Ledbetter was executed. He seems to take joy in his job, Niles says, that he's a country boy, but he loves in the city. Beginning of his adult years, he was an, an electrician and got hired by the prison repairing power generators. A few years later, he became the new executioner. Niles claims he loves electricity because it's dependable. You can trust in an execution. He doesn't believe in using gas chambers with lethal injections like they do in a lot of other states, claiming that the method to kill rabid or terminally ill animals like dogs or cats, not for man. For a man in his case, he had to be, it had to be the electric chair. He knows that some myths of the electric chair weren't true, like black blood coming out of someone's mouth or foaming at the mouth. However, some heads were known to smoke afterwards. That night, Niles goes into a diner for a cheese sandwich and a coffee. When he sees the news report about an argument to ban the death penalty. Some say if banned, it will increase the crime rate and cause overcrowding in the prisons. And some say that execution still qualified as murder. The next day, the death penalty is banned and Niles is fired as the executioner. He can't get his old job back as the electrician back either because he trained someone to take over the job before he was reassigned. And the warren thought it would be best for him because the prisoners knew he is the man who executed prisoners. Niles assures him that if anyone in the prison gets out of line, he can handle everything. The warden still can't have this because of the rules, even though he sees Niles as a dear friend. The next day, a biker named Jimmy Flood is on trial for murder. He is found guilty but is acquainted because the arrest warrant was not worded correctly. Niles is in the garage after court saying, I got nothing special against bikers. Hell, I used to own a hog myself. Once upon a time, bikers believe in freedom. They don't want nobody to lean on them, and they don't give a good goddamn what polite society thinks of them. You see, they figure they're throwbacks to real Americans. You know what the country was all about before it all went to hell, with big city lawyers and computer corporations, time clocks, and what all. There's a lot to be said for that. Those ain't bad ideas, but this biker, Jimmy Flood, now, he went way out of line and he out of pay. That night, Jimmy Flood is driving by on his bike and tries to break into a fence property, but he was killed in the process because Niles hooked up the Bennell Gate with electric wires, which everyone believes was caused by a fallen phone wire. The next trial, Theodore, Karn, and Cathera Bolden are on trial for murder in the first degree and were both found not guilty. 
Now, I said Carney was cheating on his wife with Galinthia, and the divorce was out of question. Considering the fact that his wife had his full control of the money, so he and Cynthia arranged the murder. Niles later goes to their home in their hot tub to electrocute them. After a failed attempt on a hooker's life, he is busted for his crimes, and the death penalty is reintroduced. With Niles as its next victims, his last words were, were It's my job. That's why I did it, because it's my job. If a man ain't good at his job, then what the hell is he good for? What's anything good for? As he was executed, his final thoughts were, I don't need no haircut. They said it was a mistake, because my head might catch on fire. From the electricity when they juiced me, I told them, don't worry, the governor gonna call. Hello, my name is Sai, and I am one half of the hosting duo for a Quantum Leap podcast called The Waiting Room. I look back on Quantum Leap episode by episode with our good friend, Mr. Benny Mack. Benny, tell us about Quantum Leap, bud. It's an absolute cult of a classic show, and you should be watching it if you haven't. And also, there's obviously the brand new show that's come out recently, which we haven't quite touched upon yet, but we are going through the old episodes, and they are freaking amazing, and we are rating them uh, one leap at a time, Sai. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So, if time travel, sci-fi, or even just a good bit of drama is in your wheelhouse, if that's your cup of tea, then check out The Waiting Room on SJP World Media out every other Friday, once a fortnight, on SJP World Media. Come leap with us. Alright, that was my that was my summary of Tales from the Crypt, the very first episode. The man who was death. Now I've seen this episode multiple times and I have to say that it is one of my favorite episodes throughout the whole series. I just love the acting. I love how it's done. And it's 25 minutes long. All these episodes are 25, 30 minutes long. They're not that long. They're all well acted. They're all well done. Um, and at the end, they have some sort of a twist ending like the Twilight Zone. Or there's always uh, something to learn with each episode and with each episode in my opinion so with that I'm gonna give this episode a solid 9 out of 10 but as always I recommend you go check it out for yourself 